I'm your host and romance story junkie Kate O'Connor, and this is The Meet Cute, a podcast all about understanding relationships, romance, and sex with a weekly guest as they discuss their favorite fictional coupling and how it changed their understanding of love. I am your host and romance story junkie Kate O'Connor, and today I have something a little bit different in honor of this here spooky season. If you listened to last week's Warm and Fuzzy, you probably already know that I am a massive Halloween fan. This love is only rivaled by my love of romantic comedy, and my love of romantic comedy only rivaled by my love of Christmas. So this week, inspired by my two favorite murder podcast hosts, Ash and Elena, who host Crime Countdown, I am counting down my seven favorite spooky lovers. But before I begin, I wanted to let you know what my warm and fuzzy was for the week. This week's warm and fuzzy is my gratitude list. Every morning, I write down 10 things I am grateful for. This is certainly not a new concept. In fact, the act is encouraged in every single self-help book ever written. It's not new to me either. I've written gratitude lists before. However, I have never done so so consistently or in a way that was so connected. Previously, it had been like a band-aid used only in times of crisis as a last resort to make myself feel better and quickly dropped the moment I found distraction elsewhere work, partying, boys, drinking. I don't consider myself a particularly enlightened person, so please take none of what I say as fact. However, this time around, I have been consistent in my gratitude practice. For the last month, I've written a list of 10 things I'm grateful for, and I thought it would be nice to share a few of the trends on my list as well as a few realizations I've had over this process, as daggy and likely unfunny as they may be. And I hope you share with me what you're grateful for also. So here we go. I am grateful for bed and coffee, my friends and family, especially my soulmate and best friend Meg and my mum, who make an appearance every morning. It's a welcome reminder that I love so deeply and I'm loved deeply in return. I'm grateful for the bad experiences as well as the good. Heartbreak is painful, but it's also a chance of learning and discovering a deeper sense of self. Sometimes I don't feel grateful, like today. Sometimes I go through the motions of writing my list because everything feels fucking shit. But these are the most important days to write, not because it will change your mood in that moment, but its effect will carry over. Lastly, because dear God, we can only stand so much self-reflection from a privileged white woman, I am so grateful for time. We don't have an infinite amount and we do get to choose how we spend it. I don't need to chase it, overload it, wish it away, whittle it away but I am appreciative of it. And that's it, some self-love from someone who's notoriously the opposite. So as I said, we have something a little bit different for you today. We're going to be counting down my seven favorite spooky lovers from a book, TV show, or movie. Now, just to be clear, if you are listening to this and you haven't had the pleasure of enjoying one of the movies, TV shows, or books, it is important to know there will be spoilers. So please skip forward to the next pair of hotties if you don't want to ruin your experience of that TV show, movie, or book. So strap yourselves in and get ready to be terrifyingly turned on. Number seven, Joe Goldberg and Love Quinn in the TV show You. I wolf you. I wolf you too. I like it. It's like you're part of my pack. I am your pack. A quick recap. 
Oh, these sweet baby problematic lovebirds. In the first season of You We Meet Joe, he's dangerously charming in that skinny hipster way that is entirely intoxicating. But the super fun and terrifying twist is that beneath that, there is an obsessive psychopath who fixates on women. But in season two, and this is where I will warn you again to skip ahead if you're not keen on spoilers, Joe gets a taste of his own medicine in the form of doe-eyed, butter wouldn't melt in her mouth, actually just joking, she's a fucking psycho, love Quinn. So why do we love them despite being so damn bad? First of all, Joe has a very Ted Bundy vibe. Now by no means am I saying Ted Bundy was hot. But also remember that America has romanticized the serial killer to the point where we were totally cool with Hollywood's golden boy, Zac Efron, playing him in a movie where they just totally forgot to mention that the dude was a cannibal. Bundy, not Efron. Although it would explain his internal youth. A deal with the devil, perhaps. I digress. So there, yes, I have been socialized to find a terrifying murderer attractive. Don't at me. But better yet, Love Quinn, girl of my dreams, I mean nightmares, I mean I'm very confused, she's as crazy as Joe. She pursues him. And I am nothing, if not an advocate, for a strong, determined woman. Has Joe finally met his own match in this picture-perfect fangirl? I fucking hope so. So, how bad are these two on the psychopath scale? A scale based off nothing except my opinion? I'm going to give them a solid 8 out of 10. Yes, they are murderers, and Joe is a serial murderer at that. But, like, don't you also just a little bit want things to work out for them and their new devil baby? Number 6. Ichabod Crane and Katrina Van Tassel from the film Sleepy Hollow. The Pikachu Witch. Who's got a kiss for the Pikachu Witch? Is it Theodore? No, pardon, Miss. I'm only a stranger. Then have a kiss on account. Ichabod Crane is a police detective, and after a slew of murders committed by the headless horseman, they send him from the city of New York as a last resort. In Sleepy Hollow, he meets the totally Aquarius Katrina Van Tassel and immediately moon eyes. So why do we love them despite being so damn bad? Well, they aren't really so bad at all. In fact, the opposite. Yes, at one point Ichabod suspects Katrina of being the one controlling the Headless Horseman, but turns out he wasn't such a great detective after all, and our girl is innocent. Perhaps the better question is, why do we love this innocent, yet somewhat spooky pair? I mean, aside from the fact that they are both obnoxiously good-looking, dear God in heaven, Ichabod's quest for justice is my favorite characteristic. He sets aside his ego and in spite of his squeamishness will still don ridiculous apparatuses and do what is necessary to solve this most gruesome case, even if it requires him to look rather silly in the process. A very endearing quality. Katrina, on the other hand, is cool as a freaking cucumber. Where Ichabod is likely to faint, this witch, and I say that with utmost respect, needs no one. And so of course our dumb, dumb animal brains want her all the more because of it. So, what do these two rate on the psychopath scale? A sweet baby zero, and exactly no one is surprised. Number five, Catherine and Heathcliff from the book Wuthering Heights. You're asking me to risk my reputation. Once a woman's reputation is gone, she has nothing. No, Cathy, we never said such a thing. Cathy didn't know the world, and now it regarded us. I have tried to leave you. Your love holds me here. Now, if you mean to be indifferent to me, at least do me the favor of releasing me. 
Wuthering Heights is a novel by Emily Bronte published in 1846 under her pseudonym Ellis Bell, the story of a passionate but doomed love between Catherine and Heathcliff. Their story begins as children when her father brings him home as a boy, at which point the pair form an inseparable bond. But due to Catherine's elitist beliefs, she marries wealthy Edgar Linton. And Heathcliff leaves, but returns newly wealthy to enact his revenge on all those he thinks have wronged him. So why do we love them despite being so damn bad? I mean, it's almost hard to say, right? Are these two mutually obsessed to an unhealthy degree? Yep. Are they cruel to both each other and literally everyone else, including their children? Sure are. Do they both marry other people and are total dicks to them too? You know it. And does Catherine literally come back to haunt the shit out of Heathcliff? Tick, tick, tickety tick. You're probably wondering why I love this spooky pair so much. And I've said it on the podcast before. These two are genuine asshats, but they are also asshats who are genuinely in love. Their passion for each other is otherworldly, literally. And so because of this love, they become redeemable. On the psychopath scale, I gave them both a six. Miserable, whiny babies with a flair for the dramatic. Number four, Spike and Drusilla from the best TV show of all time, Don't At Me. It's this vampiric pair from Joss Whedon's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Me and Drew, we're moving in. Now, any of you want to test who's got the biggest wrinklies around here, step on up. If you've been living under a rock, let me recap for you real quick. In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. Now, why do we love them despite being so damn bad? Well, Spike and Drusilla are the big bads in season two. Two old school vamps who were fun and rebellious. Something we had yet to see in the show were vampires with personalities. Sorry, Angel. And they did quickly become fan favorites because of this. Spike's love for Drew, whilst erring on the side of his obsession and a possible Oedipus complex, i.e. she sighed him and was his vampiric mother, was so totally hot. The moment they introduced themselves as the new big bad in town and together turned to the camera and said, me and Drew, we're moving in incited a universal sigh and set many teeny bopper hearts a-racing. Now, on the psychopath scale, I gave them both an outstanding 10. I know, I know, Spike eventually switches sides, but that certainly doesn't make up for the centuries of murder and mayhem. Number three, Clarence and Alabama Whirly from the film True Romance. When all I could hear was the thunder of gunshots and all I could smell was the violence in the air, I look back and I'm amazed that my thoughts were so clear and true. That three words went through my mind endlessly, repeating themselves like a broken record. You're so cool. You're so cool. You're so cool. If I had to pick my meat cute, you bet your bottom dollar it's these two lovebirds from one of my all-time fave films, True Romance. True Romance is a Bonnie and Clyde story about a prostitute and her John and ultimate soulmate comic book nerd Clarence. In trying to rescue her belongings from Alabama's pimp Drexel, played superbly by Gary Oldman, he ends up killing Drexel and instead of running off with a bag of Alabama's clothing, leaves with a suitcase full of cocaine instead. 
In a film full of action, bloodshed, and probably one of the scariest portrayals of a hitman by James Gandolfini, there is something so beautifully naive and sweet about their love, both driven purely by good intention but surrounded by violence. In fact, in describing Tony Scott's change to Tarantino's script, so Clarence survived the ending as opposed to dying like Tarantino had originally intended, he had said, When I watched the movie, I realized that Tony was right. He always saw it as a fairy tale love story, and in that capacity, it works magnificently. Also, it should be noted that these two had style coming out the wazoo. This film mixed bold prints like there was no tomorrow, potentially distracting the audience from the fact that these two were slightly unhinged in the most adorable, I would do anything, even thieve or murder for you honey bunny kind of way. On the psychopath scale, I give them both a solid three. Sweet baby angels who run into a lot of bad luck. Number two. Veronica Sawyer and Jason Dean, a.k.a. JD, from the film Heathers. Hello, Jason Dean. Greetings and salutations. You a Heather? No, I'm a Veronica. Sawyer. A quick recap. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. This 1990 cult classic was on replay at my house once the time had come that my mother allowed it. Veronica was a part of the most popular girl clique in high school, and JD was the new bad boy at school that had every fangirl's heart racing. When Veronica and new boyfriend accidentally poisoned the clique leader, Heather Chandler, they cover it up to make it look like a suicide. But pretty soon Veronica realizes JD is actually just killing the students he doesn't like. Why do we love them despite being so damn bad? Well, let's be real for a second. I am not glorifying JD in any way. I think Heathers was an incredible film that was one of the more honest and heartbreaking reflections of high school life and that paved the way for films like Mean Girls and Clueless. You know, it was a scathing commentary on groupthink more than anything. So with that being said, and with everyone's conscious clean, we can now all agree that JD was a super freaking hot and entertaining bad guy. And whether we like it or not, the chemistry between Veronica and JD was out of this world. From the initial meeting, greetings and salutations, I was enamored. JD was the bad boy of my dreams and the dreams of many. And Veronica, well, wasn't she just the coolest chick you'd ever met? I think I loved them so much because my own feelings about high school were mirrored in theirs. And initially, the picture painted was of two people who found solace in being conscious of how damaging conformity really is. In an interview, the writer Daniel Waters said, You're right to think high school is dark and twisted. Thankfully, most of us didn't have to go to war, but we all went to high school. On the psychopath scale, I felt like I had to rate these two separately. Veronica a zero, teen angst doesn't count as psychopathy. JD, on the other hand, gets a full 10 for all the obvious reasons. You know, murder, bloodshed, and the almost bombing of a high school. Man, I think I need to reconsider my taste in men. <laughs> Number one, Morticia Adams and Gomez in the Adams family. Tish, how long has it been since we've waltzed? Oh, Gomez. A quick recap. Morticia Adams and Gomez were the gothic mother and father of the Adams family, a family inspired by a collection of characters that cartoonist Charles Adams started drawing for the New Yorker in 1938. These cartoons were darkly humorous and depicted a gruesome family with a tender love of the macabre. 
These illustrations have since been the basis for so many spin-offs. But my favourite depiction of these gothic sweethearts was of course Angelica Houston and Raoul Julia who sadly passed away in 1994. So why do we love them, despite being so damn bad? Not only were these two incredible parents, Morticia patient, tender and understanding, and Gomez considerate and enthusiastic, but the love that they had for one another was sensual, thoughtful and caring. It was always strange to me that this family were meant to be the stark contrast of what we were to consider a quote-unquote normal relationship. Their marriage was supposed to be weird. That was the joke. And yet here I was, 11 years old, and watching one of the healthiest depictions of modern marriage that sadly, yes, for the most part, did oppose our idealized version of love in media because the conflict so often was the relationship. Plus, I can never forget the dance sequence where Gomez kissed up Angelica Houston's arm and then back up again. I mean, there is no more romantic a scene than that. It It is everything. Their love for one another was deep, honest, considerate, and hot as fuck. On the psychopath scale, these two rate an exact zero. Because perhaps they're not so spooky after all. Perhaps this life is a little spooky, and they've had it right this entire time. So there is my Halloween episode. If you'd like to add to the list, as always, slip on into my DMs at the.meet.cute or email me at hello at com. Thanks, folks. It's been a pleasure. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend to listen wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on Instagram at the.meet.cute and head on over to www.themeetcutepodcast.com to sign up to our mailing list so you don't miss a damn thing. Folks, it's been a pleasure. <laughs>